0: tragic, you know, dark, sad time because of the political environment we live in and because we are living under capitalism and vulnerable people are not protected enough in our society. And You know, I don't want to ever stray away from that, like, you know, the gravity of the situation, but I think it is going to make us, you know, rethink our systems. And I think, you know, the challenge with a lot of social enterprises is that you are building something for a world that doesn't exist yet. And you're kind of trying to convince people that what you're doing is more resilient and does make more sense.
1: You're listening to the Spaceship Earth Podcast with me, Dan Burgess. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, episode 33. In this episode, I'm in conversation with the very awesome human Sophie Slater, who is founder of women's ethical fashion enterprise and brand, Birdsong. The Spaceship Earth podcast is where I'm having conversations with inspiring humans who are on a mission to reimagine, redesign and heal our world as we shift from industrial growth society and passive consumer culture to becoming crew on the Spaceship Earth, fully participating with all life in the co-creation of a more beautiful, life-sustaining world. It's where I'm asking, how might we thrive in a world that's alive? Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, episode 33. In this episode, I'm in conversation with the very awesome human Sophie Slater, who is founder of women's ethical fashion enterprise and brand, Birdsong. Birdsong are doing fashion so radically different from the way most of us imagine fashion to be. They are trying to reimagine and redesign the whole reason for being of a fashion brand. And I would say that how Sophie is trying to build BirdSong Soul offers a glimpse of how we might build all businesses in the future. I think what she's doing is of huge uh, importance and significance when we think of business design and even more relevant for the times we're in now and what is now facing us as the globalization project comes crashing down some context on this conversation it was recorded on friday the 20th of march this was just before the uk went into official lockdown for coronavirus it's quite mad to think that that was three weeks ago and sort of what has happened in that time feels like so much has happened but i think you know when we had this conversation i think both sophie and i were in a sort of a state of sort of heightened anxiety I think of of what was happening and so the pandemic was very much in our minds as we dived into this chat. This was a long, open, very honest conversation around the challenges we're all kind of dealing with right now and from the perspective of Birdsong, the enormous complexity of trying to build a social business, a human scale business, a business that's rooted in social justice and ecological limits, the, the the complexity of trying to build something like that within an economic system today that in a way demands scale, it demands efficiency and it demands inequality and sort of environmental destruction really just to compete in the system. So we really explore a lot of that tension um, and there's so much um, wisdom and learning from the journey that Sophie has been on with Birdsong. So I'm going to cut straight to it. This is episode 33 of the Spaceship Earth podcast with Sophie Slater from Birdsong. Enjoy. Sophie, welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, we are we are where are we we're in we're in the middle of um a pandemic crisis
0: um, <laughs> i don't even know if it's the middle i feel no. like no what <laughs> is it is it? is it the
1: start well it's the uh, beginning in uh, this country it feels
0: yeah yeah but um yeah it's interesting kind of i don't know like for geeky research types i'm sure we've been reading about it for for weeks and months kind of anticipating what's going to happen so
1: yeah where so where are you right now what's give give us some um, context
0: got the first train back to Newcastle yesterday and uh-huh. I'm at my parents house in North Tyneside where there appears to still be toilet roll in the supermarket amazing amazing and um it's quite comforting because nothing ever happens here anyway right so, uh, is that was
1: that original home for you it's like like where you grew up yeah, and...
0: that's, well that's where I grew up from the ages of five to 18 okay um and yeah, like it's really interesting. Actually, I was reading a New York Times article about boomers not taking the pandemic seriously. Right. And um, the WhatsApp chat between my infectious diseases student sister and me and my parents has been quite fraught with. It. I was trying to get them to take it seriously, but right. Actually, upon coming here, I think as the mood changes and they've, you know, seen the pictures of. Uh, Londoners kind of stocking up in the news and all the masks and things I think and because and my reports from the capital they are taking it quite seriously now yeah so we are all self-isolating yeah um, it, it's
1: it's mad isn't it because I mean I live out in Bath and it's like um you know I, we, we've been you know my you know my kids are now you know they were off from like Wednesday we yeah pulled, pulled them out and then you know we've been We've been um yeah we've been in really since the since the weekend, and um yeah. um, but you know it's 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 strange because you know there's this yeah we we've been my wife's been setting up like whatsapp groups for all the elderly neighbors on the road yeah. and yeah, and it's yeah. just and it's just you know it's sort of quite surreal, isn't it, because mm. like you say, mm. it's like it feels like london it there's you know clearly i mean I'm, been chatting to people in London who, it feels like people in London. Everyone seems to know someone that's got the virus, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah a few of my friends have got it for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, which I think is the thing that freaked my parents out the most because it feels like very far away from them at the mm. minute. Um, but I was like, you know, I could be a carrier, but um, yeah, yeah we don't know, do we? Yeah, it was it was interesting actually trying because I live in um, a housing cooperative. It's like the biggest housing cooperative in Europe. Um, it's that? in South East London and it was custom built in the 70s. There's 120 tenants. Um, and as you can imagine, if if someone gets the virus there, it's it's going to spread really quickly. And there's also quite a lot of vulnerable um, people who live there who wouldn't otherwise be able to kind of afford private rent sector. Um, so I was really paranoid. I, I was kind of staying in since last last weekend. Uh, trying to self-isolate but then if you imagine you've got that many people living together there's eight to a house some people were having parties some were coming and back (laughs)
2: and
0: back and forth it it reminded me of playing the sims when you've got all these beings and they're just doing their own thing and like yeah it's um yeah it was kind of adding to the stress a little bit but um
1: what was your like what are you what are you sensing what were you sort of sensing is going on with people like in you know particularly in in London what's your sort of take of where people are at
0: I think it's either complete denial business as usual or complete panic and there's not a lot in between which is like and I think they both feed off each other so it's it's really interesting isn't it and obviously your sense of the mood is skewed like skewed because you're only talking to people on whatsapp or video chat or I mean one thing that's been really um kind of hopeful as you mentioned is all the mutual aid that groups that have popped up and the court was actually really nice i like got a phone call checking in they're checking in for everyone who's immunocompromised they've stockpiled a little bit um not from the supermarkets but from like um like suma and yeah. uh they are really looking out for people which is great but again i think the younger people who live there perhaps are still kind of going out um so that's my kind of little my microcosm that's my little world. Yeah um, yeah yeah. But, so the, yeah.
1: So the the sort of speaking from the the sort of place of the most vulnerable because that's a that's sort of quite a big part of your your work right and and the yeah, bird song yeah. and how that will, Can you just tell us a bit I mean actually just for example can you just tell us a little bit about the story of bird song just how it came about cuz I think that'd be super interesting for folks to understand that journey. Yeah. Well, so one nice. thing
0: that's kind of been really getting me through this week as well is that I um was part of an experiment I always call it like an experimental alternative to a master's, but yeah. I think it's less experimental now because it's yeah. been going for six years. It was very much an experiment when I when I joined. I don't think Jack will mind me saying that. Yes. Um, and yeah, it was an uh, a master's alternative masters in social innovation, but there were no fees and it was quite peer. Not peer-led, because we had incredible um, people such as yourself coming in as faculty. Um, This is 2014,
1: right? 2014, this one. Yeah, yeah. it was six
0: years back now. And um, the background to that is that, you know, I I got out of uni, had a really good grade, had been doing stuff with women's organisations, wanted to do a master's, so applied to a master's at Oxford, but then it was too expensive. So I found this kind of alternative master's that was free of charge, Yeah here, based in London. And it was really placement-based. They placed you in a frontline charity for six months. Um, they placed you in a local council for another three months. And then you had a couple of weeks to set up a your own social enterprise, which I didn't think I was bothered about. And now there's a much more kind of richer focus on that. Yeah, um, yeah it was almost
1: like the end of the sort of thing, wasn't it? It was like yeah, what, what, what yeah, might exactly. a social enterprise look like.
0: Exactly. I wasn't really sure. I'd never really heard the term before, but um, yeah. After basically working in women's services, seeing them get massively cut, and seeing a lot of really capable older and particularly migrant women with you know these making skills, and then my business partner worked in a, a elderly sort of day centre, older persons day centre, um, where they had a knitting circle and they were knitting just to give to charity to feel like they were doing something. So my interest kind of, I'd always been interested in retail and fashion and clothing, but couldn't really, um, I was very aware of kind of sweatshop labor and sexist advertising and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, and there was this kind of renaissance of feminism going on in the like six years ago, that was not quite in the mainstream yet. We hadn't really seen like, you know, big, you know, like, um body form kind of feminist yeah. ads going on TV on prime time or anything like that. So we had the idea to kind of combine um a new livelihood for women who otherwise face barriers to work, um, working with women's charities in London, um, with this kind of feminist fashion platform. And at the start of it, it was kind of just collecting odds and ends and scarves that these older women had made and then shooting them in quite a fun way and then writing a blog on the side and that was and that was birdsong and then um,
1: <laughs> love it
0: yeah the scarves, you know some were some were lumpy some were long <laughs> There wasn't really any quality control or anything to yeah. do with that um but yeah we were kind of on the cusp as well because the Rana plaza collapse had happened 18 months before and we were kind of permanent like had this premonition that people would care more about ethics in in their clothing and of course sustainability as well. So we continued like that, um getting some funding from Bethnal Green Ventures. They invested in us, and then a couple of years in, we decided that we wanted to design everything in house and use like the best sustainable fabrics and become basically more like a conventional fashion brand. Yeah. Um, from the outside so we hired our co-founder Susanna who designs everything in-house and yeah now we've got our own brand but it's um it's, it's still a you know a small independent kind of affair but we're really lucky to have worked with some quite great celebrities on different campaigns um but the and like the athletes.
1: and the and the the, the sort of essence is it that sort of sits mm. under it is that you you've sort of you sort of built you've been kind of figuring out like there's these kind of skilled women mm, quite mm-hmm. vulnerable often um yeah. with sort of you know way more kind of barriers than most of us would have to yeah find find work yeah um and and you've sort of created your your whole kind of supply chain around these amazing women and paying proper wages and and sort of designing from there right you've almost sort of like that you sort yeah. of
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah we um yeah, we went out and spoke to a lot of different women's charities in the East End who were supporting women to become more confident in their sewing and kind of learn English. And the kind of good thing about our you know, um, supply chain, and especially in this kind of you know, crisis, is that we work with existing charities and existing kind of little small businesses. So they've got that support network. Yeah. Um, and when we, for example, we work with a charity called Stitches in Time who are based in Limehouse Town Hall. And we'll pay £12.75 to the woman per hour to make the clothes. And then an additional kind of £3.25 or £2.25 on top of that goes to the charity to kind of like help support them as well. So it just works out at like £15 an hour. Um, but yeah, they like support women who might have experienced domestic violence. Um, you know, women who've been economically inactive or not worked independently. Um, for themselves or refugee women. So it is mostly kind of migrant and older women that we work with, but we also work with an incredible warehouse who uh, trains adults with learning disabilities to post and pack all of our things as well, which is great. Um, but yeah, they've they've been sent home because a lot of them have existing underlying health conditions. Right. Um, but the warehouse staff who are kind of, um, in good health, who kind of work with the charity, they're continuing with like healthcare procedures and like in- hygiene procedures in place. Yeah. So they're going to be posting out orders out for the foreseeable future. But yeah, my heart is going out to the trainees because I know the kind of, um, breaks to their routine can be quite distressing and yeah it's it's a funny time in one in one way it's quite good that we've got all of our supply chain on our doorstep like our fabrics coming from lancashire but on the other hand um yeah we're working with people who potentially have a lot more to lose from this crisis
2: Mm.
0: so it's yeah we're just checking in with them every day really i mean the knitters are staying at home and knitting which is to be anticipated yeah Um, they were it's... like thank
1: Lord we have knitting so <laughs> that's good but um... <laughs> cuz i read i um cuz i was yeah i was going to you know obviously we can get into this whole resilience i guess for a you know a young you know enterprise like you're building and the way you're building it it's kind of um it's making me think a couple of things cuz I, I was i was reading i can not remember what it was but recently i just saw a thing about um garment workers particularly chinese garment workers who are suffering through this mm. crisis because all the fashion houses are, you know, shut down and blah, blah, blah or people aren't buying and just, so I guess there's one thing Is just something about the resilient, like sort of disease, as- pandemic aside, it, it feels mm-hmm. like the model you're building has more resilience in it because of that you're working with these kind of partners and
2: mm, um, yeah. which, which
1: was sort of interesting but I guess also how does, how does this particular moment in time, what's going on for you right now? Like how is it is this going to stretch you guys? And 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 what's? what's
0: yeah, what's I think it is going to stretch us. Like, um oh, sorry, my dad was just knocking on the door.
1: It's all right. It's all right. This is <laughs> this is the, this is the world we live in right now. We're all kind of like <laughs> um, it's the integration of everything into one room. <laughs> I'm
0: not used to that. <laughs> um, regressing back into teenagers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, don't, we, don't swear you, at them. um uh yeah so we we did you know a big launch last week we did a new collection and thankfully we kind of had made the decision to go made to order or pre-order because you know in our mind it's more sustainable to just make what people want yeah um which is i can't decide i think obviously now we're going to be behind on the orders but it does mean that we're not wasting we've not sat on loads of inventory that we've just bought right um you know we're not sat on 400 summer dresses that are going to be too thin to wear once we get out so yes. i think that's quite a plus and it's really interesting isn't it because without you know obviously for me this is you know a real tragic you know dark sad time because of the political environment we live in and because we are living under capitalism and vulnerable people mm. are not protected enough in our society and you know i don't want to ever stray away from that like you know the gravity of the situation but i think it is going to make us you know rethink our systems and i think you know the challenge with a lot of social enterprises is that you are building something for a world that doesn't exist yet and you're kind of trying to convince people that what you're doing is more resilient and does make more sense um so we'll see we hope that you know we weather out this crisis and we've definitely seen a drop in sales but we're still selling um we just set up an emergency fund because our embroiderer is stranded in egypt and can't afford a flight back because the flights have tripled oh wow um and we've raised like a few hundred quid already so we can you know effectively put that in her account and get her out as quick as possible which feels good yeah um so it is yeah. you
1: know that that's it that that is as as I say absolutely I'm hold, holding all of that complexity with you right now like and this is this some of these conversations that have been going on this week mm-hmm. that I've been having with the various difficulties but you know there's one this so this you know this what this moment is showing us about our systems you know mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and uh this sort of whole you know this that has been sort of blown open like you know um you know this this kind of machine that has sort of come grinding to a stop and yeah. and it's like someone said to me this morning actually was like he was like it's quite young and he was like i can't believe how quickly an economy can break and yeah. uh and so it's kind of then then it's almost like well what how quickly can a new one emerge and mm-hmm. and and it's just because I, I was thinking this you know and there's all this there's all this desire to sort of keep rushing and then there's also this sense of like is this a time to if you can if you're able to you've got the you know privilege to be able to you know maybe slow slightly then is what what might come from a pause or a slowing down you know in order to sort kind of think what might come next but the problem at least how i see it going back to the kind of most vulnerable it's like if if we can't hold and support the most vulnerable through this through these times you know um then what will happen because do, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we're talking about like yeah. some of about this idea of quantitatively easing the people, the, the households, the commons, you know, versus the sort mm. of the banks. Because unless we can hold, you know, you can't I mean you can't imagine what it must be like to be, you know, being A told to sort of stay inside and you mm-hmm. bet you can't you know, you can't put food on the table or Yeah. Do, do you want know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got this impossible situation. It sort of feels like without supporting Though, you know, that just feels like that should be the priority now for sort of mm-hmm. government, you know, support the yeah. the, the folks on the ground to just enable them to lean into this problem or in this enormous challenge. Because if you can't, like, take that pressure of, you know, paying my rent and putting food on the table and looking after the kids, how can we possibly self-isolate or do you know what I mean?
0: Uh, exactly. And I think it was really interesting watching Question Time. I think they're going to have them every week now, aren't they? Um, I don't know. Like that, remotely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really interesting actually watching kind of Matt Hancock squirm a little bit is, you know, it's just so interesting to me that obviously we turned down a political agenda late last year, which offered safety nets vulnerable. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was told that, you know, there's no magic money tree. It's ridiculous. Like you can't just change the economy like that. And now we're basically seeing the common sense principles of all those systems that we could have put in place.
2: Yeah.
0: And, I think I I wonder if like you know the government will learn compassion um, from this moment, and you know the forever optimist in me is is hoping that they might because you know this disease doesn't discriminate. Like mm. it's mm. it is mostly vulnerable people, but it's also there voting demographic and it's also you know the people in kensington and chelsea who live in massive houses who are being affected by the virus so
1: yeah i mean it it is mad i mean my my um my brother and his partner they live in italy they've been locked down for like nearly four weeks now and i've been chatting chatting to them last night and yeah every night and they were saying that you know she she and they're probably like three weeks ahead you know Mm. in terms Mm -hmm. of this thing but you know my sister-in-law is just talking about like sh- that it's listening to the constant um sirens of the ambulances she just oh. freaks the hell out oh. of her and uh yeah. and that's the thing i think you know there's this when when these kind of realities start really you know we start experiencing them mm-hmm. um i think that what you're talking about about this you know how you know what does this crisis like you know if, you know if we're gonna if if we're gonna sort of the systems are sort of crumbling like can we mm-hmm. create at least a a sort of um a culture of compassion <laughs> to uh yeah. do you know what I yeah. mean? to hold to hold this all this uncertainty and yeah. i'm uh...
0: wondering as well like because obviously the word we put things into you know left wing left wing right wing socialism like like liberalism i wonder if like the actual sensible socialist measures that we need to take to, to, you know, protect the most vulnerable will be kind of revealed for what they are, which is common sense, um, rather than being labeled, you know, as something that doesn't belong to this, this political party in government. So, um, yeah, that's really interesting. I think, yeah, it's terrifying as well, kind of connecting with people who are a few months ahead because our designer Susanna's dad has been in China, um, with his family for i think he's been stuck there for three months now wow um and actually you know i think china are dealing with it really well now they're kind of disinfecting the streets in wuhan twice a twice a day they're you know Well, this is so uh, interesting
1: isn't it about that that yeah. um culture of there's a sort of i, I was chatting to someone uh, this morning they were sort of saying oh you know um it, it was they're almost implying that in China you know no one's got any freedom but I was like well I think they do have freedom but they've still got a sense of collective responsibility it's just like when there's a when there's a kind of a demand to do something for, for you know to that's going to help everyone people tend to do it but it just feels like here yeah. at the moment it's sort of I don't know it's a so strange
0: yeah. I guess it's like I know from chatting to Suze is a big thing about kind of like you know looking after your parents and feeling really responsible for their well-being and you know sending sending money and stuff so i think um i mean i'd like to think people have that responsibility here as well But yeah no
1: i think it's more this just kind of there's just a weird thing going on about like some sense of, like that this virus somehow you can avoid it just by avoiding it sort of thing <laughs> without so seems it's to be going like, i can still go out well... go to the pub do this do that but you know i will be fine yeah. that's the bit that worries me but anyway exactly. i'm probably just panicking too much
0: Yeah, I think um, there was all these like all the fake news as well is kind of fascinating and terrifying to me. And all the kind of if you just follow these like 10 listicle points, you can stop getting the virus. And um, yeah, I've been sending that. Well, my friend who used to be a nurse sent me one and I was like, oh, great. If I just drink hot tea every 15 minutes, I'll be fine. And then sent it to my sister, obviously, who studies infectious diseases. She was at a coronavirus seminar and she's doing. Oh, wow in scotland this weekend and um she was like yeah it's all crap <laughs> like, so what's what
1: what's she it. saying what's she what, what's her take
0: she have been telling me to wash my hands and actually wash my face because she knows i touch my face a lot um
1: yeah i was just i was on a zoom call earlier and someone very bright just said like she, she was it was about 30 said, so many of you are touching your faces I was like oh god
0: <laughs> yeah, I just did it now, and now I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, she's like, wash your hands, wash your face. Um, You know, don't panic, because that's going to add. She's been saying this for weeks, you know, before all the stockpiling panic is going to make things worse for everyone. Um, Yeah, just kind of, like, follow. She's been really stringent on quarantining, which is great. I thought I was going to have to hide my dad's shoes after he got a cough, because he's just, like, <laughs> inventing his own quarantine rules about he's allowed to go to the small butchers but he's not allowed to go to Morrison's and I'm like no (laughs) like you're not allowed to go anywhere that's the thing
1: I I wonder if that's a British thing do you know what I mean we just sort of like invent our own kind of like rules around this stuff yeah Um, you're not used to
0: being told what to do as well, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: think that's it, isn't it? It's just this sense of like, and I think just be, yeah, this kind of a, not being able to see, not to a virus like this it's just the, the, that's the madness of this situation. And uh, what's interesting, I do because you, you know you you know, but you know, a lot of your work has been around not just sort of social justice, but you know, there's environmental, there's ecological thinking in what you do, and yeah. you know, long before this, long before this kind of, you know, we're suddenly plonked into this absolute madness with the with the virus but you know you this is these issues these complexities these kind of ways the systems are operating and you know the impacts they create on the most vulnerable and on the non-human world and they've been very central to to birdsong right from 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 day one yeah. how how have you found like what you know even i find it even hard to think like what was it like two weeks ago <laughs> do you know what i mean but
0: yeah, where where were
1: you heading <laughs> like what was <laughs> What was sort of going on around all of this for yeah. you, like, with your I customers? Mean,
0: ironically, and... or maybe not so ironically, I was I was kind of getting really into the idea of a no growth economy. <laughs> yeah, and no, I saw
1: I saw I saw what you chatting about that. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, well, I guess like it's something I've been thinking about quite a lot, and was kind of dipping into like donut economics, and I don't want to um, yeah, I'm probably quite bad at explaining it, but I'll I'll try my best. But I I picked up um a copy of E. F. schumacher's smallest oh that is a book that's a book yeah human scale i'm really bad at non-fiction like i get through it very slowly um but yeah i was reading that which as you know the economic principles of the world of um of economics if people mattered as if people mattered and you know it's written in 1973 and it's kind of making all these statements like if we carry on like this in the year 2000. Uh, things will be really bad and things will be polluted and we won't be able to head back. So it's really interesting to read it, you know, or someone in 2020. Um, and I mean, it's
1: mind blowing the vision, isn't it? When yeah, you think about it, it's
0: incredible. And I think the main thing for me is, you know, when you, you know, start a social enterprise and especially when, you know, sustainability is a massive buzzword now and, and everyone on their auntie claims to be, you know, sustainable in fashion. Um, and you've got multi billion dollar corporations buying up sustainable SEO keywords on Google so that they come up when, you know, they're churning out eight million, eight billion garments a year or something. So, so dark, it's really dark hard. stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's really hard to actually, you know, someone can make something out of some bamboo viscous that's got tons of chemicals in it and one percent bamboo and slap a sustainable label on it and the customer will... it's such a nebulous word and we're not really educated as consumers as to what actually sustainability is so i think the idea for me is to go back to you know sustainability as um an economic concept um around not growing more than you need to and not taking up as many resources as you need to and what i really liked about the EF schumacher book was that it was kind of saying that there should just be a lot of little small initiatives that are more empowering and give back to their local communities and i think there's been a lot of pressure especially talking to kind of investors or trying to get funding over the years to be the next big thing to be you know the ethical azos the ethical name you know into a huge fashion brand and i guess the part of but the, the beauty of birdsong i think is how small it is and how individual those relationships are and maybe instead of you know Taking over the world and franchising everywhere, we want to encourage equally meaningful, you know, regenerative uh, enterprises in a, of a similar size elsewhere, so that everyone can go to their local, you know, migrant seamstresses and get something fixed or get something made up, which feels like just as scalable, but also, um, yeah, more exciting to me, I think. Yeah, and, not, you know, okay. now that we've got the Internet, we've all shown that we can connect, you know, in the last week or so um, online and we don't necessarily need to be physically present. So I think, you know, the, the kind of sharing of ideas um, doesn't necessarily rely on, you know, being one big company, I don't think necessarily. So if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. it makes it makes tons of sense. And it's um again, I think it's just so interesting because I, I'm sort of wondering. So, like, when you, like, if you look at what you're doing, you look at the Birdsong products and the way you talk about them and the relationships that are involved in creating them. And there's something, again, at the moment, I'm interested in, like, what will, what's going to come through this stuff that's unfolding. But, you know, will, will we begin to reconnect with our stuff, for example, in a different way through this? You know, even just so, showing this, this slowing down that's going on. Because we're being forced to sort of slow down, and I imagine again, sort of probably reevaluate quite a lot of 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 things over the coming weeks. And there's something around, um, you know, the sort of looking more at ourselves. So just thinking about, you know, how we connect to ourselves. So this this kind of space that's going to open up for people, the slowing down that's probably going to be opening up for for those of us that are able to, you know, locking ourselves away and don't have to be you know, on the front line, um, there's this kind of opportunity of of potentially of sort of examining a lot more of this stuff. Do you know what I mean? And I wonder whether, I wonder whether, because you're seeing it a little bit like with air travel, right? With the whole airline Mm -hmm. bailout that's already being asked for and clearly people have been, you know, starting to question people that are, yeah. I know that fire like what the, what the bloody hell are we doing jumping on planes all the time and yeah
2: you know and, yeah, and, and, and by the way the
1: pollution's coming down and and so there's all yeah. this kind of stuff and I wonder whether we we might start to you know mm-hmm. re you know sort of reevaluate you know what happens in 3 or 4 months time does everyone just go right let's reboot let's just go and buy loads of shit again I really or, hope not <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. or do we start going like what do I want to what yeah. do I want to have a relationship with and who you know what I mean
2: exactly. Yeah,
1: um, I think yeah. So I love, really- I love it. I love what you're doing. I think hum- I think this idea of you know Schumacher's idea was you know human scale, right? It was like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think there's such. We've been talking a lot, um, recently in a, in a project about this, what a new economy looks like. You know, what it might look like, and the sort of growth fetish, you know, that we have Absolutely. that has been there for so long. And it's, it is, it's weird, isn't it? That like this sense of this sense of growth that doesn't exist anywhere else in the natural world is only in in sort of human viruses well yeah cancer (laughs) before now it's like possibly pandemics and uh and 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 sort of you know usually sort of um corporations they're the only sort of things that that sort of seem to imagine endless growth um
0: yeah yeah maybe you can see that uh you know when when something takes over everything it's not (laughs) it's not positive
1: yeah right (laughs) But yeah. how does that, how does that, I mean, again, I said, you know, you're, I mean, you're, you're building, you're building Birdsong, you or at least it seems to, you know, from an outsider's like you're, you know, you're very, very trying to do, you know, you're, you're doing it very, um, with caution and using, you know, making the most of all of your, of, of how do you design with low impact and not using too many resources. But how does that, like you say, with, it must be really tough as well, right, particularly in the, in the fashion system, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what's been I happening there? Think, I think fashion is really interesting. Like, I kind of realized actually, um I went to a kind of fashion editor um kind of like meetup, like social thing um that was quite like exclusive. And, you know, I was very intimidated because for a huge amount of time, I think people kind of patted us on the head and were like, oh, that's nice. You're working with charities. Mm, lovely. Um, and we're quite like, the fashion world definitely didn't open its arms to us. But there was a few, you know, editors who've been incredible since the start. And I think fashion is really drawn to new ideas. And the most interesting fashion comes from people talking outside of, of that world. So when people bring economics into fashion conversation, um, people are quite excited by that. And I think that's where we've kind of. It was really interesting actually when we first started we could only ever get press based on the fact we didn't photoshop our models um so we barely you know we could send off press releases about how we paid living wage and how we were sustainable and, and no one would get back to us but now sustainability is the hot new thing mm. so that was a lot easier but then now i feel like we're always kind of um because fashion likes difference and fashion likes novelty and that Actually, a lot of, I, you know, going back to this meetup I went to, I realised that most of the fashion editors that I'd been, you know, looking up to for, for months and years um, are also massive anti-capitalists, ironically. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> I, think, I think they see the, like, ridiculousness of it all. Um, and they've got kind of more of a distance from it. And I think actually what excites them more is kind of small batch and artisan and luxury. Yeah um I think it's different depending on you know what kind of fashion editor I think you know they're not the kind of people who write about the high street they're they're in quite complicated ideas and and you know artisans and and complex kind of like which I'm not saying the high street doesn't do but um there's a much quicker turnover of like garments you know you have like 52 collections a year kind of thing so there's it's not as thought out because it's just about you know sales and flogging whatever's in the shop that week but Um, yeah they they are really actually excited by no growth economy and I think you know they've got I think a lot of people who work in that kind of that kind of world are fatigued by the growth and the endless new things and the kind of like I don't know just meaningless fashion shows like it's really interesting I've always thought you know when a when a musician Puts a new album out. They don't do it four times a year, regardless. They do it when they're ready and they've got good songs. Yeah. But with you know fashion shows, they're made to put out four seasons a year, no matter how uninspired and unnecessary those items are. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. We don't make novelists sign a contract where they you know have to release four books a year, or you know. I just think that the thing that people like about fashion isn't necessarily married to the state that we've got in. Um so yeah people have been really receptive actually to us talking about the no growth economy and I think if you look at the people who are most exciting in fashion now they are they are talking about sustainability so
1: who are the um, most exciting people you would say for you anyway
0: I really like Mother of Pearl I think they do really interesting things um they didn't start off sustainably but Amy Powney became creative director and they've you know really really interrogated their supply chain um my friend Aja is incredible. And when you were saying, you know, about, is it going to be business as usual? She's doing, so her Instagram's is Aja Barber and she talks about kind of intersectionality um, and, you know, politics within fashion. And she was saying, you know, take notice of the shops that are still open during the pandemic on Oxford street, selling non-essential items because they're putting their frontline, like um, shop assistant staff at risk just for profit and you know it, we, who's thinking about buying like the summer wardrobe right now you know like um from a high street store i know i'm saying that as someone who sells clothes but i feel like what we sell is kind of like hope a little bit and i mean <laughs> support and then you get a dress from it as a as a result which is really yeah. nice but no, but these are, are but these buy... are great
1: these are great questions that's the thing right? it's <laughs> like, i think but that's the thing they're uncomfortable yeah. questions aren't they and they're sort yeah
0: yeah exactly and yeah. it's really tricky because I was like yeah who wants to buy a dress and I'm like oh god that's my job like I'm selling dresses but you know I'm also selling livelihoods and um yeah hopefully think well that's the thing who's who's thinking about buying a dress that's going to be out of fashion by the time we get out because fast fashion moves so quickly but yeah then we we don't know how fast fashion is going to move in this as well so maybe everyone will have to make timeless styles because if we're on lockdown indefinitely for the next on and off 18 months yeah you know how
1: will that impact trends yeah um, it's um it's it's so interesting i've just uh so just had a conversation um we've been talking a lot exploring a lot over the last few months of of yeah new forms of growth and how do you talk about it and like you know cycles of growth you know and sort of like you know regenerative growth and like all these kind of things you know that sort of uh um and uh, but we we talk a lot about it's funny like the whole fashion season thing there. But if you get it, you strip it back to the the non human world. You know, you know there is there's only growth at certain times of the year. I mean, you've got these seasons, but most of them aren't aren't about growth. You know, so you know, and actually winter. We just we're just talking on a podcast. These guys. Um, um, who've written this book regenerative leadership and just, uh Giles was talking about um you know the need for winter not just in in almost in every day we should have winter in our day you know and uh-huh. but you know we're probably experiencing a a sort of feel, a sense of winter a breakdown you know uh, um yeah. but but again you know that's essential these yeah. these 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 times of no growth and um a bit of struggle I mean there's I mean that I use that sort of metaphor for this situation but the whole point of but you know what I mean but the without but if we apply it to the the businesses and the models and all the things like we're we're just we want it to be kind of spring summer all the time yeah
0: you need your fallow period right regenerative period yeah absolutely I know my dad did say before he's like oh I feel like it's the Christmas holidays so like it does feel like that doesn't it that weird in between time but yeah. you think how hard everyone who you know works 40 hour weeks looks forward to that one week in winter where yeah. you can just slow down i think yeah it is a really interesting one isn't it and it is holding that complexity because you know i'm still i'm, I'm sure you know if you care about vulnerable people you're completely overwhelmed yeah. by the you know the sadness of it all yeah yeah um, but it's interesting like yeah another person i think is doing really interesting things uh, in fashion is Celine Siman, who um runs a company called Slow Factory and they um do kind of like uh like seminars with the UN and they host like in um like sustainability kind of education days and they're all about educating the public on sustainability and also talking about the relationship between you know, um, capitalism and fashion and consumption around colonialism and kind of taking resources that, you know, would historically be relied upon by, you know, people um, for, you know, corporations gain and stuff. So I think, yeah, she said some really, she put, made a post about how um, the world is actually getting a chance to kind of clear its lungs a little bit and how air pollution had gone down and i saw someone commenting saying like oh this is ecofascism and it's it's really hard because you really don't there is that that is a very real risk as well like you know i feel like there is like this growing kind of danger of ecofascism mm. you know anyway regardless of whether this happened or not so it's about holding that huge amount of tragedy and trying to remain hopeful that something better can emerge um out of this if that's possible you know it's going to be better for the people who are still around but obviously it's not not an option for the people who won't be with us anymore so it's it's a lot isn't it it's a lot to hold no it is a lot it's funny
1: and uh, um uh, uh, it's it's funny to say just because all this stuff's obviously interwoven and entangled with so much of what we're all kind of exploring and uh there was you know just someone has again said to me this morning like but you know also because I was slightly flapping and panicking about you know kids and elderly people and and actually they said also like you know you can't solve everything and you need to also. We also need to sort of have some some trust in letting go and just you know doing what you can and bringing your thing and being you know but also having to kind of trust what might emerge from this if Mm -hmm. you know again I'm not saying I mean it was interesting because it's something i find very difficult to sort of (laughs) settle and you know go not not keep sort of connecting one thing to the other to the other but um but there is something i think about yeah i mean where do we you know what what are the things we're able to push on and what are the things we're able to to try and help sort of birth through this process but it's also knowing that there's you know there's probably going to be a lot of letting go yeah yeah
0: and it's ironic isn't it we're talking about slowing down and no growth and yet you know the year here network have been amazing because they've already set up loads of action groups and care packages and they've set up like all these initiatives and it's incredible um and but I'm also like in a place where I'm quite overwhelmed and I'm like (laughs) um yeah I guess like when you are super you know, proactive and you care about these things. The temptation is just to go full pelt at it. But there's also a sense that, you know, we're going to be in this for a while. So obviously helping the most vulnerable people is, is urgent. Um, but also we have to pace ourselves, I think.
1: We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. How bonkers is that? If you like what you're hearing, please do give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. You know, we can't build um thriving societies if we withdraw our well-being from the equation um yeah, and yeah. um you know i've been sort of like riffing on this thing that blew my mind it's just about even just thinking of the word <clears throat> the word i discovered this week the word wealth that comes from weller, which is anglo-saxon the word weller, which means well-being which means no contented and healthy and oh. um uh-huh. and do you know what i mean and it's and, and it's it's so it is such interesting times because that is yeah that does feel like you know unless unless there's ways for 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 people to be able to really um let go and be and this again is what i worry about more with the sort of vulnerable communities is Mm -hmm. the opportunities to be able to be held a bit to to do that kind of work right and to be supported but but it does it does feel like yeah you know we're all at least i I, i'm always guilty of it you know running around burning out you know
0: um
1: and and actually is that is that a useful thing to be doing
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's interesting isn't it it's um i mean not a unique position but quite a strange position at the minute as well where i'm sort of i'm grieving because i lost my best friend one of my best friends a few weeks ago okay. and that combined with the pandemic has been an absolute head fuck <laughs> sorry my, my language but yeah, yeah, no, you know um on the one hand i felt quite a lot of pressure to be you know productive and and on it but you know um as a side effect obviously of being at home all the time you're kind of I feel like I'm processing my grief more and not using work as a distraction nor as like a um, coping mechanism as much and yeah it's a really interesting one you know what is it to like what is it like to grieve when you can't hold anyone physically for 10 days 14 days or more what is it like to grieve when you're separated and isolated from everyone who's grieving with you and you know it's it's really interesting. I think it is I am having to be so patient with myself um and you know remember that um, it's you know complicated multi-layered things that this is setting off for of me as I'm sure it is for everyone. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily feel like I have been I've been quite productive this week because I feel like you know making sure our makers have got a little bit of, of safety net cushion money has is, yeah. is been a big driver but at the same time i'm not going to be able to pace myself through this unless i am really kind to myself and really slow down and listen to what i need um, yeah. and that was a big part of kind of the choice to come back to newcastle which i did feel quite guilty about because not everyone has got you know that option to to escape to the provinces but yeah. um <laughs> yeah i think we, we
1: are who we are and aren't mm-hmm. we you know Um, yeah exactly there's um there's something interesting about this though about this um uh, again this you know if if if, from 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 businesses and enterprises and how we operate in the world but this one thing this process of having to slow down or having to create space or isolation Mm or (laughs) cocooning or whatever we're but there's something it feels like speaking to others that are maybe, you know, have been a few days ahead on this thing about some uh, there's a talking today about this sort of sense of a different form of intelligence, almost like, a you know, within an organization or people that are now remote from each other. And after a certain amount of time. The sort of pressure to sort of like, um, you know, just keep going, but do it from the home or mm-hmm. uh, s- there's a if there if there's a sort of allowing yourself to sort of to let go to not to realize you can't hold all this stuff and yeah. you can't solve it all. And you can't. Do you know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. actually when there's a when that there maybe there is this sort of threshold and then a different form of intelligence starts to emerge around. A group of people or a network or a, you know what I mean because you're sort of these older ways of, of thinking this is the only way I know we can we can get through this or do this actually something happens when there's you know there is a sort of breakthrough that can happen and a different way of thinking about maybe how we how we go about the stuff we're trying to do. Um,
0: yeah, I think yeah what you've kind of said about you know we all need winter um it's kind of on a macro and a micro level isn't it i think it's Mm. you know it can apply to ourselves as pause as well and um yeah obviously you know if you're involved with year here you've kind of got a proclivity to action but um yeah i think it's it's an interesting one isn't it like because the whole you know argument behind endless growth is also you know endless productivity and we need to allow endless burnout Exactly, boom and bust. So um yeah, it's an interesting one.
1: So tell me a bit about like <laughs> I was gonna say post pandemic, but we don't actually know what that's <laughs> gonna be. But where, what was because I also noted and I know it's connected to this this idea you've been, you know, you've been talking about about, you know, um um a sort of no growth economy, but I saw the you know the idea of um I saw something you've been throwing around, you know, working towards a, a Green New Deal in fashion um mm-hmm. just tell me a bit about like at least the the intentions uh of 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 birdsong now and and what's been going on before before you know let's let's park the pandemic for a little bit but just in terms of... <laughs>
0: this is great it's the first time i've been able to park the pandemic yeah i know i know it sounds a bit weird doesn't
1: it but do you know what i mean I, I mean i mean you know you've obviously you know you've you've been bu- you're building this thing it's been a really sort of quite a, is a very living journey for you so you i'm just yeah. curious as to where where your your the intentions are
0: yeah or were. It's so interesting. <laughs> um, yeah i did an amazing i was at a international women's day panel a few when was it well march the 8th i can't even remember how long ago that was now mm. 10 days ago 12 days ago wow um and um yeah i was kind of talking about our future plans and you know feeling really optimistic and it's yeah since then i've just been Going over contingency plans with uh, funders and things, so it's it's interesting, yeah, to to look back and and um, remember what I was really excited about. Um, what
1: were you, you excited know. about? Do you remember?
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think our our main goal, you know, to to go back to the smallest beautiful was yeah, build birdsong up to a human scale, and I feel like even though that seems quite limiting, we had like massive amount of of um, kind of ideas around that in terms of like could we set up you know um blueprinting our model so that different local charities can get involved and, and do something in their area could we make delivery delivery hyper local could we make production hyper local to the customer rather than you know sending everything from one warehouse could we could we enable you know not necessarily birdsong branded but um you know mo- fashion brands working in the same model of Birdstone, could we blueprint that and then make it publicly available? Right. So that other kind of similar social enterprises can set up um, and work with them, you know, to support each other. Could we, I guess like what we were thinking about was we, so we work with, you know, five different women's organisations at the minute and they've all had funding cuts. They're all quite disparate, but they're all based in East London for the moment. And our dream scenario was to have, uh, one kind of vertically integrated workshop, um, that would be ran as a workers' co-op. And my dream was always, you know, we have always dreamed about what would garment working look like if it was as dignified as our kind of, you know, the jobs that people who've been to uni and had everything given to them, you know, they they get to go work in a we work where there's coffee on tap and yoga classes and childcare potentially and yeah. Well, I still, I still think there's, you know, not enough, nearly enough childcare. That I think, yeah. you know, if we're gonna have a revolution in the economy, we need, we need free childcare. Um, but you know, how, how can we offer those things to our grant workers and, and create this, um, yeah, really safe, uh, amazing space, um, which is a model for how all kind of like businesses I feel like should should be treating their workers so
1: it's fascinating to think like it's making me think as you're talking though like you know in this time is like the sort of maybe unintentional prototyping that might be going on around all of this you know like yeah. kids in yeah. the mix kids in homes people exactly. trying to juggle a million different things exactly. uh, and...
0: and I feel like maybe communal childcare will be more of a thing yeah. perhaps um which is interesting so yeah, I think we're gonna to have to radically rethink childcare absolutely after this.
1: But yeah. Yeah, I saw um I think it might have been on your Twitter feed actually, but I saw some someone talking about to your point, like, yeah, you know, what why can we just like why aren't we giving all NHS workers yeah. like hotels, food, uh, taxis, whatever they need, just give it to them, you know? And um Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And I, I don't know I saw something I saw something last night on um, some BBC clip but it was it was a it was a woman who was a nurse in her car outside the oh, supermarket. Oh I saw that. Did you see that. That was horrible. It was horrific, yeah. wasn't it? She was like absolutely yeah. in pieces because there was no food in the supermarkets and she's working flat out in the hospitals and you just think what are we doing?
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember like I was saying to my dad after that I was like Ooh, we've not thought to there was a lot of things that Labour claimed to renationalise, but supermarkets wasn't one of them. Maybe we can <laughs> Yeah. Maybe we should think about that. Yeah. So um and I think I heard someone on the radio the other day saying how, you know, there's there's forty different kinds of meat sausage you can buy at Tesco's and they're having massive problems with their supply chain. Like, are we gonna have to rethink, you know, the like endless choices that we have? And novelty.
1: Like- novelty
0: yeah exactly exactly are we gonna have to go back to basics are we gonna have to think about our supply chains in a completely different way to make them more resilient which you know by um i think by making them more resilient will make them more eco-friendly and will make them hopefully we'll have to see we'll have to see if it makes them you know
1: it's funny like yeah i i totally agree this is this comes down to this you know back to this kind of you know this idea of you know economics and what does it look like and you know, I I I actually remember seeing not I didn't follow the budget, but I remember this number, which again feels like a year ago, like the budget. But I remember this number of like twenty seven billion being spent on roads or something. I might have got that wrong. I think twenty something anyway that was being earmarked for road road development. This was just before mm-hmm. the pandemic, and I was just like, I remember thinking to myself, is that is that how where it's got to with our imagination on what we need right now like 20 <laughs> odd billion on road building in yeah. when we under, we're in a climate emergency we can barely breathe because of air pollution we're hosting yeah. the cop 26 and we're going to build 20 million 20 billion on roads and it's like yeah. can we do do something more useful like you could reinvent yeah. the entire local food system with that employ hundreds of thousands yeah. of people build a whole local regenerative agriculture system across the country yeah. you know sort people's mental health out cuz they of things to do <laughs> exactly. but we want to spend it on right and then he goes right what's what is it about roads it's speed and then what is it about speed what is it that we have to fund the ability to move very very fast in a in a lump of metal that's polluting do you know what i mean
0: what exactly. is that do you know
1: what i mean these exactly. i think these are the kinds of questions that yeah. i would love for us to be yeah. kind of maybe chewing on over the next few absolutely.
0: months absolutely and i feel like people who wouldn't have otherwise thought about it in that context will be um i feel like i've got the new song t-shirt idea which is people over potholes Love but it. um yeah if you if you fancy putting a pre-order in <laughs> yes we will yeah,
1: do absolutely well i mean on 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 that as well like um the but on on how do people so you've got because you're you're an online retailer but you do you do like you often do like pop or you have in the past mm. lots of pop-ups mm-hmm. and stuff and how yeah. do how the folks connect with birdsong what's the best way to yeah. get on board
0: well, we do, do a lot of events and we've done a lot of pop-up shops in the past um which are really nice because you know we work them and we do things like we've done feminist comedy nights we've done period poverty fundraisers we had a period party where we had tampon glitter tampon chandeliers and um, moon cup cocktails which is really fun fantastic and um yeah we do a lot of community building through our events which is going to be sad because we've not we'll yeah we won't do one obviously for for the foreseeable but i think for us this is a really good opportunity to connect with our customers as much as possible in our community like you know by instagram live um via whatsapp Mm. um and people are quite vocal like they're quite engaged on our instagram like we like to put up a lot of kind of quite salty memes about the rest of the industry and and provoke kind of discussion that way so it is we are lucky that it is mostly an online community but we've definitely got it's really it's nice actually as well because um because we do work our pop-up shops i get to know quite a lot of the customers yeah And there are people who've, you know, supported us since the beginning who have even become friends, you know, through, through supporting us. And and I think the main difference people have said between our brand and, you know, someone else is that if they, if they, you know, have a question or they disagree with something, or even if they want to call us out on something a little bit, we're really open and receptive to that. And I'll message them back, even if it's, you know, two in the morning and I happen to be awake. Um, and be like oh I hadn't thought of it that way or like oh yeah I did that caption to reflect that because that point's really good or yeah I'm really sorry that we've not shot this campaign on on a model who's you know a size 18 but we really want to do that and um, that's definitely in our plan now so thank you for raising that with us so yeah. I think yeah it's we have got a really good model of communication with them um, I think because yeah it's really interesting yeah it's just kind of grown quite organically yeah our networks so um yeah it's it's grown from people we know and care about and identify with and um yeah obviously people with similar values so it's a, it's a really nice kind of a little bit of a bubble maybe but um yeah
1: well we're you know we're all existing in bubbles really aren't we we're just yeah. trying to <laughs> like make sure we can sort of burst out of them <clears throat> regularly to sort of Look at other bubbles and be aware, be, 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 <laughs> exactly. just have awareness of bubble existence. Yeah. Um, someone uh, it's, this morning actually was quite interesting. We were talking about this. Um, I'm doing this, this project at the moment. Um, well, it's just a mass it's an experiment, it's trying to sort of based on all the sort of good for nothing work. It's trying to sort of see if you can get people doing things on a Friday as a sort of building on the sort of school strikes, fight future mm. work. But like what mm-hmm. for, for people that are kind of like working or professionals or whatever, it's like if you did something like. If you did something on a Friday or 20% of your week towards the collective future, like of our species and the planet and all life, like yeah. what, what would it be? Like, what would you do? Because a lot of people sort of feel quite torn that they, you know, they're in this thing and they can't stop and they want to do more meaningful work. And it's like, well, what, what yeah. if you could just create a habit? And uh, yeah. so we've been exploring all this stuff. And then this morning, just did this random sort of open Zoom call. And, um, and we're yeah. talking about this habit. And uh, somewhat, this uh, girl Emily said this great thing. She's just like, it's also making me think, like, 20% of your week where you could just have awareness of the collective future. So you might not Absolutely. even have to do anything or, or make anything or, you know, be anything, but just <laughs> having an awareness. I thought that was really lovely, again, just this yeah. sort of sense of, like, it's not mm-hmm. just about what we do, but actually it can just be about how we become more aware of of what's going on around us.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people are having, you know, really some ideas to this because, obviously, we yeah the, the idea of a four-day week was brought up last year and you know amongst me and my friends we were like well that would be great because we all want to you know volunteer more get more part of you know our communities and yeah have that time to think about it and I think what um you know the the kind of lockdown and pandemic has shown at the minute with kind of reduced pollution and stuff if you know if we if we dedicated one day on fridays to not buying anything not consuming anything that wasn't of benefit to other people and um you know maybe like gardening or you know i really hope for example mutual aid groups can become like a permanent fixture um it'd be great if you know because if if you you've obviously seen all the coverage yeah yeah it's amazing action which is incredible imagine if that was you know a day-to-day thing yeah. like if there was an older isolated person who couldn't get their shopping in anyway or if they'd like slipped or fell or if someone was feeling lonely or someone had an emergency like a mental health emergency if that was like a, a regular state well not a state like yeah just it like be, a, just but, like a
1: just yeah. but like a habit right it just becomes yeah. a thing because yeah. i think that's i think that's the thing isn't it we all know that when you when you do Become in service to something bigger than you, whether that's through the clothes you're making and the social business you're building, or whatever it might be. You re- you know that there's something really kind of like there's an amazing energy that comes through that process, and mm-hmm. and so it's just you know it, we it you know not only is it helping others it kind of helps ourselves <laughs> it absolutely. helps us helps us find out a bit more about who we are and what's kind of like absolutely. what makes us feel alive and so i think i absolutely agree with you it's like if you know build if if we can build on this like you know again when you you can look up at the big news and you can be terrified and then you can look on all the back channels and all on the ground and you know through all these streams and feeds and stuff and you can sort of sense and see and touch all this amazing um love that's going on you know what I mean and um it's just dialing that up and keeping it going and creating the habits and the connections and I think you know we are you know this whole you know the phrase social distancing and the reframe around physical distancing and you know it becomes it becomes so more important because if we've got to lock people away you know we've got to lock ourselves away and elderly and fragile and whatever Mm -hmm. then how do you create that connection in that more in in a disconnected moment it's going to become more and more thing isn't it
0: absolutely and i feel like it's almost like um because you can't have that you know one hug from an individual you almost need oh it sounds so cheesy but yeah you need to be held by society you need to multiple people looking out for you and that there's a system that's what it is i guess isn't it A, a security net or yeah i think we've gone this path of individualism so you know for most of my lifetime i feel like it's it's been, you know, like a massive emphasis on, on individualism. And we even explored this in a, a panel we did at one of the birdsong shops last year where we were talking about, you know, self-care. There's a lot of, um, it's really important to do, you've got to do it, but, you know, how can we open that up and talk about community care? And, um, you know, you don't just, you, you're not, you know, completely self-reliant as much as, yeah. you know, modern technology would allow us that, to, to realise that we can be. And um, what this is teaching us is that we aren't completely self-reliant. We like rely on a huge network of other people in society, whether it's like Uber drivers or um, mutual aid groups or just, you know, the news to update us. Um, and how can we, yeah, think about community care as, you know, a psychic and um, like, you know, very material mm. uh, safety net, because I think for our mental health as well, it's really important to know that there are people out there who, Who are doing good things and can help us if we need to, and it's not enough to just have our bubble and our family safe. We want to know that other people are safe as well. So
1: yeah, I think I I, so much, and I think that's the you know the the new system will be co-created by people exploring their own their own kind of inner selves and those of the communities around them and of the natural world. You know, it's only going to be through those. Mm Those relationships, I think that this new a new way of being will emerge. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be very, very participation based. I think it's not going to be dropped down from a from a government. It's it's um, and I think and so yeah, I think I think absolutely absolutely right. And also, I don't, you know, I think like one thing that's been coming really alive for me at the moment is language and stuff, and we don't. It doesn't you know we shouldn't feel it's cheesy to talk about love and connection <laughs> with community you know what I mean because we need to yeah. name it we need to make it yeah. real it's not yeah it's, 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 it's so it's, interesting it's it's, yeah. it's 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 um this 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 shit re- is real it matters it's 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 totally genuine and we we I think um it's legitimate right and we need to, I think yeah. that's the thing and I think the more that that can come through then you know I think it really helps because when we do still see it you know or if it we sense that it's can i say these can we use this language and i think you know it, it's um that is the thing that's going to bring us through is going to be love mm-hmm. about <laughs> for others for ourselves for the for the non-human world do you know what i mean it's that's yeah. the that's the energy that's the sort of quality that's going to um
0: yeah think, absolutely yeah i'm doing a little bit of writing just because it helps me clear my head a little bit and i keep Reading it back and being like, "Oh God, this is quite pretentious and grandiose," and then I'm like, "Well, we're in quite pretentious and grandiose times. Aren't we? We're in like a global pandemic." Well, like- exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Got to remind yourself. It's like it's pretty nuts out there, and it's gonna get it's gonna get nuts. It's gonna get it's gonna get more bonkers. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: It's a very um, dramatic time, and I think yeah, there's no harm in being a little bit earnest um, no. in such dramatic times. You know, we don't have to be cool and post-ironic and distant. Well,
1: yeah, right. And, I mean, I, I've I said, I mean, again, you know, uh, you know, I know, you know, in a different situation, and um, you know, I, I feel like enormous, um, you know, privilege that I'm, you know, I've got, and I'm, I'm not having to, you know, I'm, I'm saying that, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at my, <laughs> looking at my income, going, I'm not quite sure how this is going to work out, but you know, I'm not. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm in a situation at least at the moment where, you know, I'm okay and I'm you know, yeah. I've got my family with me and but, you know, even just, you know, be you know, this this week, you know, like we've been chatting chatting to you know, both my parents live in different parts of the world and my brother wow. and but we've all been like chatting more, the kids have been chatting more to them more everyone's courting in on each other and you think, I don't know, you know, it's like what's that all about? I mean it's amazing, but it's interesting, isn't it? It's like it's there's a but people want to do it. It's not like we're going, oh god, you know, got to call my dad or, uh, yeah. there, you know, yeah. it's like there's a genuine sort of sense of, um, yeah, um, you know, they're 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 the people you have, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. that you're part mm-hmm. of, and I don't know, you know, so so yeah. I I, yeah. I I do think like in amongst all of this, um, you know, a massive uh, love revolution isn't wouldn't be a bad thing, um, no, not to happen. At
0: all. <laughs> It's interesting you were saying that. I feel really guilty because, like, um, yeah, my mum was saying, "Oh, are you going to come up for Mother's Day?" This is like a little while ago, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to Glasgow the weekend before, and I just came, I just came to see like a few weeks before that." And you know, like, oh, I'm so busy. Like, oh, can I really, you know, afford to come up to Newcastle again? You know, the trains are expensive. You mean making all these excuses, and then, you know. To, to have them FaceTime me on Wednesday night and being like, oh, I can't go with this, London's horrible. And then they being just like, you know, just come home. Yeah. No questions asked. I'm so lucky. And yeah. suddenly all the other things that, you know, you were, you know, worried about going home for, just yeah. being completely irrelevant. And yeah, you just want to be with with your family and with people who you have, like you said. So, um, yeah, it, it just kind of, it does put... You know as cliche as it is, is it is putting other things into perspective
2: yeah.
0: you know. About, and also you know just having that time because you know like ringing your parents isn't isn't a chore now it's still a necessity but it's um mm. it's kind of it's good i think in a way as well to like i was kind of asking my dad about like you know the cloak the cold war and you know how his experience of this is and yeah and it does put it into perspective a little bit, you know, that there's not been anything like this in, in, you know, a couple of generations' yeah. lifetimes, and I think that's really important to get that, you know, perspective from other, other generations in your life as well. So.
1: Well, that, yeah. yeah, I think that's bang on, and you know, I think we have a sort of perspective crisis again in the, in the, in the, the sort of, you know, inverted commas modern world because we're always just running around at three thousand miles an hour, you know, and it's yeah. like you can't get perspective unless you stop, unless you. Yeah pull out of you know unless you sort of give the space and you know what I mean um, yeah. yeah so
0: it's, yeah it's really interesting as well I was like you know saying to my parents like what do you think this would have been like when you were my age what would it have been like without the internet and I think all my everyone I know this week has been like oh so grateful for the internet thank god for the internet um but yeah it's really interesting because in a way that was interesting to me because me, it feels a bit like the world ending, and it feels quite apocalyptic and dark and scary. And then I was thinking, you know, this kind of pandemic hasn't happened in a hundred years. It probably would have been a lot more devastating without that, you know, the resources that we have now.
2: Mm. And
0: if it had to happen anytime in the past hundred years, this is probably, you know, the most equipped we are in terms of technology and healthcare um, to face this kind of thing. So yeah, obviously it's not it's not perfect and No. You know, but that's yeah, almost
1: why we, I think we need some utopian uh visioning and stories now yeah, because you know let's yeah. just like we've had enough dark shit. It's like I like, what <laughs> do you know what I mean? Can we just accept that actually it's okay? It's like okay, let's get some let's get some let's just bring the love on now. We've got all the the tools necessary to move out of this stuff. So let's just mm-hmm. um Reinvent something that's just a bit more beautiful for everyone. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, as much as it's been a really hard few years politically, I think people well, I do again I don't want to classify like left and right, but I think people who were inclined to change and thinking about changing systems lacked that kind of um kind of sense of utopia and it was all quite reactionary for a while. And I think, um, yeah, something that's come out of maybe like the climate movement a bit more and and, you know, other voices being championed because of social media that wouldn't have necessarily been listened to before. And more diversity of thought is that we are kind of thinking about utopias again. Which yeah,
1: will, Ima- using our imaginations which, again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And not just letting the story be set or the baseline standard be set by what's already you know been told. But well, by what we've been told is sensible and right, um, mm. which doesn't feel sensible and right to us.
1: Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's sort of noticing stuff more and then being able to, you know, sense your way more. Like, does this feel right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. there's sort of different ways of, of, of navigating now. I think, you know, I think that's, again, another, you know, when things, when the order breaks down and the sort of, you know, because... You could argue there's, I think there's a sort of slight obedience we've got a quite an obedient culture in terms of you know following the story because yeah. of you know what yeah. I mean because the way that the sort of system's been spilt is kind of like it's like a conveyor belt, you know you have to get on it and you know, you go through school and, and you're there <laughs> and then on to this. And, you know, once you've got your debt building, you're sort of fairly committed to the monetary economy. And it's like, you know, it's all kind of, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you're sort of used to being told what to learn and what not to say. and
0: Exactly. What the goal, like, what, you know, what success looks like. Right. Yeah. But, but
1: I think this now there is a there is a sort of ability to kind of go deeper into our own intuition, you know, and what what lets sense more about what, what we're feeling these Mm -hmm. ideas are telling us you know and um being able to yeah listen in and do you know what I mean take on information in different ways and I think you're absolutely right about this diversity of of voices that's been coming through like you know through the I think for lots of movements, with the climate ecological movement I think the last year's been fascinating watching Mm -hmm. indigenous voices and the you know the the stories of sort of colonialism and you know all these dots that are being joined yeah, by yeah. by young much younger generations and so mm. yeah so there, 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 uh, there is there is something now I think about this yeah this sort of courage this imagination bit and um can we sit with the with the complexity and uncertainty and not rush in to try and just solve it all in the way that we might have always solved it
0: um yeah i think something that could be really great if we imagine this, you know post covid utopia is the like um necessity of involving the people who've been most affected and the most like kind of marginalized people to to build that because it's going to have to be kind of you know service designed around them so i think they've, I al- they've freaking- always
1: experienced why this thing's broken um,
0: exactly, exactly. And I've seen lots of really um, great posts from disability activists on Twitter saying like, you know, if only there was a handy touch pad that you could uh, touch with your elbow or your foot to avoid spreading germs <laughs> like <laughs> by a door. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, like, yeah. disabled people have been thinking about, you know, these these flaws in our system for a really long time. and. Um, you know, experiencing a lot of what we're experiencing for a really long time, you know, uh, isolation and um, inaccessibility of the system. So yeah, well. I think it is kind of showing that we need to to listen more and to uh, yeah, ground things in the wisdom of the people who experience these things uh not just in a crisis is that
1: something like just going on like this idea because you know when you're talking about the the sort of vision for bird song and being you know building on a human scale much more localized much more sort of within communities potentially and Mm. so Mm -hmm. it feels like that you know these kinds of because i think that's the thing isn't it like you're saying like you know co-designing these these emerging concepts ideas enterprises systems um that feels like a, a very strong design principle almost for the yeah you know of how we how we go about reimagining and making this stuff work is how do you bring that diversity in to that process
0: yeah yeah it's really interesting and i think that's why when we first started you know we had like um well i don't even think we we described ourselves as this but we were kind of slapped on the label you know feminist fashion brand and, you know, I am definitely was, you know, I'm, I still am like a feminist, but I think we have to be quite intersectional and go beyond that. And that's why I kind of I like working with a, a variety of different charities. And I think the more um, kind of charities and different types of people that we support, the more rich our learning is around, you know, what we need to, to build like a functional economy for everyone looks like. Um, so you know, a lot of our trainees in the warehouse that we we pack and post things to have uh, learning disabilities. So we we we're kind of service designing quite a lot around like how do we make the packing and fulfillment system as easy and less stressful for them as possible, and you know how do we how do we design um like workloads for women who've got childcare, um, and that's kind of a decision why we went into pre order as well because. Um, that kind of helps rather than having like really tight deadlines and like loads of work in a 3 month period and then you know if you do it with seasons you're just like completing an order and then there's no work and then an order and then there's no work yeah. whereas with pre-order you can constantly get those little drips and jobs of work in um so a lot of it it's interesting like i feel like we work the kind of challenge of that is that you're not putting an order in at a factory so you are thinking about these kind of design challenges if you were like of working with people um and we probably put the same depth of thought into those kind of challenges as we do you know how deep should we make the pockets on our dresses because women are sick of having to not have pockets on the dresses you know what I mean so it's like um it all feels like it's coming from the same place
1: yeah amazing and I and and it feels like I said like you know that that's the thing you know for the from the sort of from the school of kind of um, business as usual efficiency you know metrics blah blah blah. Yeah. it's like well yeah. that, that's just a mess you know that's not an efficient system you know but actually from yeah. a from a world that's based on kind of um, human dignity ecological principles you know into mm-hmm. interrelationships it's like that's exactly how you that's where we need to be designing from right these sort yeah. of
0: yeah yeah it's really interesting yeah about efficiency Like i remember when i was putting our impact report together. I, was, I read that um, Amazon employees have to pack 160 items in an hour. And um, I think our trainees probably do that in about two weeks. So, yeah, like, that, sounds, that sounds terrifying. But, you know, that, that's not why we're working together, you know? I feel like packaging and, like, wrapping things up in tissue and putting a really lovely sticker on them and getting a livelihood from it is, like, a really therapeutic, meditative activity and it's sociable and they can have a cu- cup of tea. I know what I would rather... I would rather be there than in Amazon warehouse like yeah. I think most people would. So why yeah. why is efficiency the like I don't know, why is that the priority there? Obviously it's just to make money, but uh, yeah, it's Well, again, it's, it, it's, it's, it's the other, really. Yeah,
1: and it's that thing, isn't it? You know, like we, we you know, we at the moment that model, you know, is has a, had a hole blown in it, right? Cuz the whole thing's coming to a stop, although I'm sure people are ordering all kinds of crazy shit right now, but Yeah. but there is something again exactly like it's like the resilience of that system is there isn't the problem there isn't right because unless unless it's absolutely flying um Mm -hmm. uh, it's got the accelerator pressed down on it it doesn't doesn't work properly um, exactly. Whereas your, whereas the systems that you're designing and, and working with do, you know, you know, you're trying to build resilience into it by, yeah, by building it around like a living system.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really, yeah, that, that's a really nice way of putting it. I kind of wish I could, I might just send this podcast to a few um investors when they say we're not ambitious enough. Ah. <laughs> For some reason, I think like that's the main criticism we've come up with against when we've you know been trying to get funding is that somehow resilience isn't ambitious. Um, but you know, I think when but, we look uh, at ambition, so you know, but that?
1: I'm, that story's got to—I'm convinced that is the story that's going to change. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because for me, ambition is looking to the future and and being optimistic and imaginative and excited about what you're creating. And for me, resilience is is far more ambitious than you know, um, just going with what's already there that's not working for everyone. So um, yeah, hopefully. I- our definition of ambition
1: will change yeah and it's so i don't think i can't remember if this was in the small is beautiful but i think there was a, a um if i remember rightly but you've seen it with again this is like you know what if you know what, what's the what's the you know what's what happens with efficiency efficiency destroys human souls because it takes away so like things like you know um yeah i think it, it, yeah, Schumacher talked about you know the mechanisation of the workforce back in the <laughs> early seventies, yeah. right? And the whole idea that you know every time you you know you take a shopkeeper or you you remove that role, mm-hmm. you're you're basically destroying someone's soul because that's their that's their thing, right? That's their purpose. Yeah. That's their. Yeah. So when he, he always looks at like the automization of cashiers, you know all these automated tills in 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 supermarkets. I mean the only reason they're there is to increase profit margin they're not there to do anything they're not there to be convenient for people because they're a complete nightmare right they're there to increase efficiency and cost you know but actually what's the impact of that in the communities of the people that work there or do you know what i mean like yeah all the old
0: people who come in to get a paper right right yeah exactly it's so interesting actually because i remember when those self-service checkouts came out a few of my friends were like we're boycotting them they're evil and then you just completely forget that, like, that's the new normal now, and that you just grab, like, automatically go to it because you think it's going to be quicker, but obviously it's not. Um, I
1: remember walking into a boots in um, in Paddington station. I can't remember when they, and it, I mean, the entire place had just been automated, and it was late at mm-hmm. night. And I was just thinking, this is, you know, you can actually move through life now without not speaking to anybody. You know, yeah. you can just go in, yeah. you can just bleep a bit of plastic or a number or whatever, mm-hmm. or a phone and you you know what i mean you just sort of and it's just i don't know it's just like is is that the world we want i'm not sure we do
0: (laughs) it's about shifting our priorities i think hopefully this and um i feel it'd be really interesting as well like to see how you know how people act when you know we we are allowed out again and like how hungry for human contact we will all be and you know whether we'll all be slightly agoraphobic and uh awkward whether like you know what yeah. i mean like or whether we'll be you know more sincere and more loving and and more understanding and more sociable like will people in london start talking to each other on the street you know <laughs> like yeah i feel like that'll be a really interesting um and you know will this collective kind of trauma help us bond a little bit as a generation or um yeah it's really interesting actually and it is it is you know the first time I think it's really great to have these conversations because um everyone is talking about you know this is all we can talk about but we've not really talked about what the world will look like afterwards because it's so fresh yes yeah and
1: and and, and there's that and there's that kind of exactly and there's a there's a sort of um there's a bit of attention in that as well of you know um you know (sighs) different people at different in different places right and different ways Mm -hmm. of processing these things and um you know and it's just yeah being being you know helping people also have the space to process this stuff um um is 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 part of it i think you know um you know this sort of collective processing it's really really Uh important i think that's part of again part of this you know maybe what something is you know will emerge but the ability to sort of listen and and get more things out and 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 you know work with them because i think Mm. that's part of the new of the new story maybe that that might be might be coming yeah Um, yeah
0: and also maybe an ability to talk more openly about mental health i would hope right you know this is going to affect a lot of people's mental health when you take away a lot of coping strategies and mechanisms um I think maybe everyone becomes a little bit more acutely aware of their mood, and it doesn't just seem like something that's certain people have, you know. So I'm yeah, tell that. me
1: about that because you because you, you I mean as I say my because I'm I'm pretty sure you talk about these kind of mental anxieties quite a lot. Or you you're, yeah. you know tell me a bit about like where where that's at for you now with with all of this. Because I think there's again. I, I I've been seeing this you know I've been feeling this stuff with with ecological anxiety and grief and, mm-hmm. and now with this and I absolutely with you and I'm worried as well as a as a, as a dad of teenagers and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. just ha- again how to normalize mm-hmm. the the ability to to you know that anxiety is there and how to sort of help process it and be open yeah. about it
0: Yeah it's interesting um I think like yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? What do you do when anxiety is built into your into your reality, and it's not just a um, it's not just a, a kind of existential thing, but it is very much part of your reality? And how do you live with that? And I think maybe as someone who's thought about their mental health from quite a young age, because it's something you know I've struggled with, um, I've kind of got more of a view of I don't know what triggers me and what kind of sets me off and how certain things make me feel. And I'm constantly kind of trying to examine that. And I think, yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to, it'll be interesting for example, to kind of talk about, um, like with my parents, for example, or my dad, who's, who's like a pretty, uh, permanently jolly (laughs) kind of guy. Mm. Um, you know what his feelings around this are, but, um, yeah I think it's hard and especially like you know I don't envy teenagers today when they've got so much information at their fingertips you know you can what are the mental health you know um kind of like repercussions of of hearing every single bad thing that's ever gone on yeah um and having that in your palm because blissfully didn't have that until 10 years ago so you know growing up with that I can't imagine what that effect would be and does it make you more resilient or does it just put you in a permanent state of anxiety I think Yeah, it's really interesting how we how we talk about that and the conversation. I've seen a lot of content around how do we talk to our kids about coronavirus. And um, I God, I can't believe it was only a week ago now. I did like a workshop with some fourteen year olds, and um, they were kind of like quite giggly and like you know like oh careful, like hand wash like around it. But you could see they were you know pretty scared and. We did like a collaging activity, but they were kind of looking at newspapers. Obviously, that's not kind of the media that they traditionally consume. And every time they looked at a coronavirus headline, I had to be like, okay, that's not what we're looking at today. You know, we're talking about something else, um, but they would get really scared by it. So, yeah, I think, yeah. It's, how are your kids dealing with it? How are they it's, kind of-
1: it's, it's, I mean, it's... It you know it's 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 kind of hard to tell uh i think that you know we're just trying to be you know they've been last couple of days now been at home and we've we've just gone like for a couple of days just go free form and then this weekend we're sort of co-designing a whole schedule of like what does next week look like (laughs) with a bit more intentional structure around it but um yeah but you know but but trying you know hopefully you know making sure the days have have got um you know good things for them to be exploring but um but but just in terms of the the thing yeah i think it's i think it's really tough like the older one is like you know you you know he's you know his life is snapchat you know and it's like mates Mm -hmm. and memes and Mm -hmm. so it's just sort of constant coronavirus memes do you know what i mean and um, um, whereas my sort of girls are sort of more you know a little bit more um yeah i think probably a sort of slightly um yeah. I mean, it's just, just this sort of understand it, but I think, uh, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely, um, uncomfortable and, um, you know, something that, and I think obviously, you know, if, 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 we to if we, you know, if, if Italy is, 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 is a, a sign of where we're going to go, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. be weeks. And so it's going to yeah. get more, you know, it's, that's the thing I get. So there's a, there's a sense in the early days of, you know not being in school and all this kind of stuff and then but then not seeing your friends for weeks physically and yeah, yeah. so I'm sure you know I'm I'm, I'm totally anticipating um we're, and we're trying to sort of really you know we're just trying to check in you know every time we sit down for food how you're feeling and just keep checking in you know and um mm-hmm. and um and see how it all goes but I'm sure it's going to be yeah I'm sure there's going to be lots of um and, I, and it was making me think about. I saw, you know, my wife was showing me, you know, some uh, kid. It was on something that he was basically saying, you know, he's, he's at home, his mum's at work, he lives with his mum, and he's got nothing at home, and there's no internet. And, you know, he's just really yeah. wants to be, you know, really like, you know, freaking out already because what we'll, we'll never really wants to be at home. And, you know, and so. Um,
0: yeah. I'm sure that's. Uh, at work as well, and you're wondering about if they're going to catch up. Right, it, right. Okay. And-
1: So, I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's, I think, yeah, I think we're really going to be super tuned in to watching out for people's um, mental well being. Oh,
0: yeah. And uh,
1: being aware. Um,
0: Yeah, I think the one, maybe one of the things is that, you know, this is a situation that anyone can understand will have a bad impact on mental health. So, I think like that could hopefully open up conversations with people who wouldn't otherwise. You know feel brave enough to broach that subject or maybe haven't you know aren't from a background of of thinking about these things if yeah
1: yeah. yeah that's interesting isn't it does the coronavirus like, it sort of give grants permission for everyone to go I'm really fucking freaked out it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feel, I'm feeling really anxious um yeah I mean yeah. I did I, we did a call I just did this kind of uh, experimental zoom call this morning for this uh, mm-hmm. and uh you know we just did a three did a, did a three-word check-in with 30 people and pretty much everyone had and these are you know a bunch of people that are working with you know is sort of have at least one foot in the kind of the, the world of change do you know what i mean and pretty much everyone's three words had at least some element of fear anxiety scared um yeah. you know yeah. what i mean um
0: uh, same with the year here we did like a um call with 33 um social enterprises with year here right and um yeah it was a similar similar vibe it was it was great to have that you know sense of community um but you know there was a lot of resilience in there too and a lot of forward planning and determination which was great but um yeah people are freaked out everyone's universally freaked out yeah so yeah i don't know if that's comforting or not i think maybe you know knowing that everyone is as freaked out and you know we are we all it together kind of thing and but yeah obviously some of us more than others are more
1: vulnerable, so yeah, no, I think well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think that's the the thing which is if i think there was a there's a big takeout now, it's just um, yeah, we've just gotta look out for each other, look out for ourselves <laughs> be be uh, mm-hmm. be open and um with our with our feelings and um mm-hmm. and others, and um yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's the that's gonna be the way. The way Absolutely. through this
0: and get working on that utopia exactly we
1: like we've got to, if you've got time on your hands let's start building <laughs> the utopic world that we're we're looking for we've had enough of black mirror exactly. we don't need we don't need kind of technology freakouts now what we need is to know is about like you know human awakening do you know what i mean to new possibilities exactly,
0: and, exactly. Um, and, and pace yourself but let that be the kind of like yeah light at the end of the tunnel yeah
1: no but listen it's amazing talking to you thank you and thank
0: you so much for having me it's been really great like really um really good way of processing actually (laughs) so it's been really helpful and therapeutic for me
1: as well oh that's great but you know what you what you're doing with bird song it's amazing i love it and i think i'll link to all the 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 projects in the show notes Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think yeah i think it's inspiring And i think you know the system that you're trying to co-design and co-create with your with the you know with all of those who are in relationship with what you're doing it's like you know you've got the courage to try and build that but just keep with it because I think you know it's it's a definite glimpse I think of of how things are going to need to go you know um so yeah look after yourself and um we'll be we'll be in touch
0: all right thanks so much all
1: right Sophie take care bye-bye so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sophie Slater. Um we could have carried on. Um so good, such a interesting soul and su- do- doing such um brilliant work in the world and um yeah. Check out Birdsong. Um I'm just going to finish uh, in the spirit of of, of today. Um, I just actually was looking at uh, Sophie's Instagram feed and I found this, this recent post and it was a quote. I think it's, um, it's from uh, Rebecca Solnit and um, a book, Hope in the Dark. Inside the word emergency is emerge. From an emergency, new things come forth. The old certainties are crumbling fast. But danger and possibility are sisters. Stay safe out there, folks. Look after yourselves, those around you, and the beautiful more-than-human world that's calling for our attention. I want to play out with a a beautiful track, um, and there's a little bit of a story to this. Um, This is a, uh, a track by an artist um a collective called soren lawrenson uh, which is aqualung and uh, david rossi and uh, if you um this is from uh their new album which is called lake constance but if you uh recognize the music that i use top and tail uh the spaceship earth podcast with this that's actually a track from uh soren lawrenson called escape Go, which was gifted to me by um my friend matt a couple of years ago to use on this podcast and this is uh the new album which you'll find that track escape go on um and it's awesome and it came out uh, this week i think the album um so yeah lake constance by soren Laurenson, um aqualung and david rossi and this track is called time machine until next time peace and out
3: He says, bury me with legs crossed, head back, laughing like the fool I was, just like the fool I was, singing, I know am and I know I'm you can't bury me with eyes open, chest open, falling with my heart going through, with love in you. Between Caught by surprise Just tell me Oh no, did you figure it out? I said Oh no, did you figure it out? I said How the hell did you figure it out? Dark times, did you measure it out? I said How much are you carrying out? I said How the hell did you figure it out? He says, don't regret the things that you did, said it is the things you did